0: Welcome into the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review Podcast, presented by TIAA Bank and JP Shadrick with you on Friday, September seventeenth. We're getting ready for week two in the home opener, the Jaguars and the Denver Broncos coming up this Sunday at TIAA Bank Field. We have the best of the week around Jaguars Broadcasting and Jaguars.com, including Pride of the Jaguars running back Fred Taylor on Postgame Radio. Tony Bacelli and Pete Briscoe discussing continuing to improve as the weeks go along, and head coach Urban Meyer ignoring the critics. Remember to subscribe to the Jaguars official podcast network on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcasts. Give us a comment and a five-star rating. Season tickets, single game tickets, and group tickets are still available, and you can be a part of the new era of Jaguars football and own it. Visit jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904-633-2000. We begin this week immediately after last week's loss to the Texans. On Jaguars post game radio, Mike Dempsey, Fred Taylor, and I had immediate reactions to the kickoff weekend loss. And it uh, did not go well, at least. Let's, let's put right. it that way, Fred. I mean, it was a, a little uh, choppy early in the game, and then, uh, as you said, there was some positivity at, at certain points later, but too little too late for this Jaguars team today overall. The uh, the Jaguars right. defense, though, was, uh, Mike, I think was we were really thinking, what is this thing really going to look and feel like today? Well, there were moments where it didn't really look and feel that great. Tyrod Taylor
1: got away from them in certain situations and, and executed some plays down the field. Bro. Yeah, they, he broke containment, and we said that's the one thing with him. You it, you have to keep him in the pocket. It's difficult for him to beat you from the pocket, but today he was able to escape. And again, you know, you look at the raw numbers. Mark Ingram, 3.3 yards per carry. David Johnson, 3.3. Philip Lindsay, 3.1. You would take that, but it just seemed like – Fred, when they needed, you know, three yards, they got four uh, and and similar kind of things like that. So, uh, you know, right. a lot of work to be done on that side of the ball, too. But how difficult is it to get these guys when when they're coming up field with a head of steam? Like Caleb on chase on thought he had a kill shot. Twice. And, 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 and Tyrod just ducked right under it, and then he missed right. him again uh, on the mm-hmm. next opportunity. Uh, but it's really the, those ones right there. You take that shot, he's such a small target as it is, and those are the ones that can break your back.
2: Right, Mike. We, we know first and foremost this is a passing NFL. The rules are catered to, to passing and scoring. Uh, and then when you, when you add a mobile quarterback in that equation, you know guys like Tyrod Taylor, who's been patiently waiting his opportunity to get out there, and show people that I can still play in this league. There's nothing wrong with me. I really can play in this league. And it's a big order, you know, for our defense, uh, especially playing a three-four front, uh, to, to get out there. and the fir- At first week, week one, first up, you have to deal with a mobile quarterback. I was really hoping in the back of my, my mind, the last time we opened up in Houston, Saxonville was born. I was hoping to see some of that today, but we were far from it. Uh, but they still have an opportunity. To, to get out there and, and learn each other. I think they have to communicate more. I saw some communication uh, breakdown early with some of the coverage, defenders dropping in in the same area in the zone. The the coverages were fairly soft. And uh, with soft coverages, bad communication, uh, no rush, the quarterback's going to sit back there and pick you apart all day especially if he's mobile, now he's extending the play where he can make those big throws to uh, the Brandon Cooks of the world. You know, he can, he can make sure he can get those balls off to the Danny Amendolas and give them an opportunity to do some stuff with the ball. So uh, collectively as a group, the communication has to get better. as The plays have to get in, let, allow those guys an opportunity to play fast, uh, to dial in, recognize the offensive set so they can play fast and play with confidence. So as the, as the season goes, and I keep saying this, I'm, I'm hoping that this is what will happen with communication and just being able to get out there and play with confidence and make some plays. Uh, so chalk up week one. That's in the books. These guys will go back and watch the film and see where they can improve. Uh, and they got to make the plays when they count, Mike, like you say. Uh, he has to get out there and make that sack when it presents itself.
0: On to more reaction from last week's game in Houston from Jaguars Happy Hour Radio Monday. Each week, CBS Sports senior writer Pete Briscoe, pride of the Jaguars left tackle Tony Baselli, and I rehash the game. Dissect what went right and wrong and look ahead. In this clip, we look to the upcoming stretch of
3: games for the Jaguars.
4: Pete, would you not argue that Houston will be one of the worst teams they face all year on their schedule?
3: I told you how I felt about Houston. I thought they were going to be feisty early in the season and and, and stay in the games. I think they're going to be they're going to be one of those teams that hangs around in games. They might not win a lot, but they're going to be a pain for a lot of teams. Hey, they're the first place team in the division. Yeah, the I, division I was that. disaster oh, yesterday. But go, but going down. Listen, I'll just go to the next three.
4: Denver better or worse than Houston? Better. Okay, yeah. so you better get better because you're playing. By the way, Vic Fangio, one of the best defensive coordinators minds in football, and will throw a bunch of stuff at you, and they got good personnel to do yeah, it. I was
0: going to say, they got a guy named Miller over on that side of the ball, too.
4: How about Arizona? Better or worse than Houston? Way better.
3: Yeah. Okay. Pretty good. Tyler
4: was
0: pretty good yesterday.
3: Chandler Jones only well, had five the defense was The defense was phenomenal. I just watched the tape of the Cardinals. They were phenomenal. Taylor Wan had a long day, Pete. Oh, my. It started on the first plate, though, and he put his head down. On a run play. put his head down. And he went right by him and tackled him the whole day. He was awful. You know, I, we've, we've come up with this thing at CBS now every Wednesday when we make our picks. I give out the annual Spinning Top Award. They've created a little gift <laughs> with me spinning on a top. He's this week's winner, I can tell you that. He was awful. Tony, okay. if you didn't know who that was, you would have thought it was some guy that got up off the street to play. That's how bad he was.
4: Week four, Thursday week, night. Week four, Thursday night on the road's hard all by itself. I don't care who you play. Cincinnati, better or worse than Houston? Better. 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 So you better get better. you have to get better. Which because- begs
3: the question, is 0 seventeen a possibility?
4: No, Pete, it's not. <laughs> no, what, what? It's not. I'm Why? not doing that. Well, it's they're, still possible because they're, they're won. because so they possible.
0: haven't won yet, but yeah, I get where you're going. But there's I think the, the, the first Wilson. overreaction of the day. Yeah, overreaction overreaction Monday. Monday, Pete.
3: No, I'm not saying they're going ON seventeen, but it's you look at the schedule, it's certainly possible.
0: No. I think you're insinuating it.
3: Yeah, I don't think no, so. I'm not. I think you are. Well, okay, Pete. you just you just haven't been 0-4 right off the gate. Right out of the bat. No,
0: I never said
4: they're gonna be 0-4. I just said you better okay, get pick a lot. Take a win out of that group then. You better get a lot better. <laughs> you better approve <laughs> because it doesn't not get easier. Okay. You, uh, you want to lock ahead. one of
0: those, Tone? No. No, okay.
4: I'll lock well, this. Four... I'll lock something. The team's not going 0 seventeen. That's a lock.
3: Well, I would pretty much say that too, but it's hard to find a win on that schedule now. Well, if you play that way, the first rule in
4: football, first rule, don't beat yourself. First rule, don't beat yourself. Like, just clean that up,
0: and you got a chance. Moving along now to Wednesday, head coach Urban Meyer in his press conference was asked about his name being rumored around the Southern Cal opening, and he set the record straight right away.
5: Yeah, there's no chance that uh, I'm, I'm here and committed to try to build an organization
0: Later in that Wednesday press conference, Meyer was asked how he handles criticism from outside and on social media. This is not his first rodeo.
5: I don't know who they are, and I don't... I I probably got an idea. I learned about six years ago when I read something that was the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. I said, I'm good. I'm done. I'll never read again, so... Amy helps me with that. She sends me just the positive stuff. <laughs> it's, it's been kind it? of small, but.
6: What, is every what was it
5: you read? You I have to ask Amy. I don't read it.
6: <laughs>
5: no, I can promise you I don't read this narrative, and I don't read the silliness about our players or about, and she knows that. She's just, hey, did you hear? And I'm like, oh, is that right?
0: Now to the game this week, and Meyer knows this is a long season ahead and there are some positive things to build upon.
5: I was warned many, 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 many times. It's a it's a journey, it's not a sprint, and we're healthy, our attitudes are good, we have good players, and we're building something. So, um, And we our special teams, we're incredible, some really good efforts. Uh, Josh Allen had some really good efforts. we got to get rid of the damn penalties, and we got to not turn the ball over. It's building that's, that's going to be that way for a hundred years from now.
0: Quarterback Trevor Lawrence threw three interceptions last week in his NFL debut and the Jaguars offense got away from the run early. Those penalties that Meyer just talked about were one of the reasons why and then they were trailing later in the half. Lawrence said that 12 straight throws to begin a game is not what they had in mind.
7: I don't think everyone, anyone tries to go throw it 12 times straight coming out, coming out of the gate but you look at the penalties and backed up and the third down situations you just have to. So, um, And then you know, i had an early miss low on the out to dj and that put us in third down or yeah. second down in the screen and you know so all of that and some of those were screens too which they're passes but all obviously that's for run after the catch so it's a little bit different um but yeah that's that's obviously not what you want so we all got to do better it's not. That's not the offensive coordinator. That's really us on execution and putting him in a bad spot. Lawrence also could use his
0: legs to extend plays or to gain a little something when a play breaks down. But I think I speak for most
7: Jaguars supporters when I say slide, Trevor, slide. There wasn't many where it was like a, for sure one where it was wide open. Or I should have ran. But I think just in general of using my legs and extending plays and not just sitting in the pocket. You know that's a part of my game that I think helps me helps the team um and can keep plays alive like that's something that I do well so continuing to do that and we talked about that in the preseason and I feel like I got a little bit better and then this week kind of wasn't you know could have done a little bit more so just something I'm always going to work on but you know that's usually a pretty natural part of my game so I'm not too concerned I think the more comfortable I get um, that'll start to that will start to show
0: When we return, Joe Cullen on what the defense did well last week and how it can build this week. NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks on how to work on penalties and communication on the practice field. Plus, Urban Meyer on home field advantage for the Jaguars. All that after this. Jags fans,
6: TIAA Bank is here to help you keep your money working hard week in and week out. Open a yield pledge checking or money market account today and start scoring some of the most competitive rates in the country. To see how we can fit into your financial game plan, visit a financial center near you or find us online at TIAABank.com slash Jags. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars.
8: It's go time. It's game time. Let's get it. Oh, my God. You. oh it might be my girl. I really forgot about this. Oh, my God. He was supposed to remind me. He didn't remind me. I knew
3: it! let like, get it! Yeah!
2: Yeah!
8: I ain't had nowhere to go either, though. I'm gonna have to do some. To get out of
0: there. Welcome back to the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. And that was wide receiver LaVisca Chenault Jr. mic'd up last week. The full piece available on Jaguars.com. The Daily's Place schedule coming up Trippy Red September 18th. That is tomorrow. Santana next week, September 21st. 311 on the 22nd. Counting Crows on the 23rd. A busy week. Tickets available at Daily'sPlace.com. And as always, thanks for checking out the official Jaguars Podcast Network. Leave us a comment and a five-star rating. The Jaguars' defense gave up six plays of 20 or more yards in last week's loss, but the Texans never really broke through with any big runs by the running backs. Defensive coordinator Joe Cullen in his press conference Thursday discussed some of the issues from last week, but also felt confident in the group's play against the run.
1: You know, when you, when you really dig in the run defense, so what's the yard per carry? We're a yard less than we were a year before. Okay, we're 3.9 so if you stay at 3.9 for the year you're going to be in the top five the tailbacks averaged three yards a carry the tailbacks average they had they had 37 carries Mark Ingram you, know, you might have thought he had a, he's a powerful runner I love Mark I was with him in Baltimore he averaged 3.01 a carry so the tailbacks averaged three yards a carry okay so to me you know, wasn't perfect, but three yards of carry, I'll take that any day.
0: All the press conferences from the week available on Jaguars.com. Let's move on to this week's game against the Denver Broncos, a 1 p.m. kickoff time at TIAA Bank Field. The game presented by TIAA Bank turned potential into progress. On Jags Drive Time Thursday morning, I sat in for Ashwin Sullivan this week, and John Ozier, Brian Sexton, and I visited with NFL Network reporter James Palmer to recap the Jags' performance in Week 1 and to talk about what the Broncos really need out of quarterback Teddy Bridgewater. It didn't really go as planned for the Jaguars in week number one. You know there were some early fits and starts in the game. They got behind and couldn't rally back. Having to bounce back is one thing, but having to bounce back against a Broncos team that's built like they are is another. What kind of challenge lies ahead this week, James?
9: JP, very different from what they faced with the Lovey Smith defense with the Houston Texans. You know, you and I were both there at the game, and and. That's a defense that, you know, even Trevor Lawrence said they're not going to try to hide a lot of things from you. They're going to go out there. They know what they're doing. They don't disguise a bunch. And Lovey does that so they play fast. It is a different world with Vic Fangio, who many around the league, when you talk to him, they'll tell you one of the best defensive minds on the planet. He disguises all sorts of things, he hides things, he brings pressure different ways. And that's just not even mentioning the talent that they have in the secondary, in the pass rush, the health of Bradley Chubb rushing opposite of Von Miller is going to be something to keep an eye on this week. They're going to know more today after he practices, practice on a limited basis with that ankle issue that held him out of week one. But if he's healthy, you know, Trevor Lawrence was under pressure, I think 30 percent of the time against the Texans that could go up against this pass rush that the Houston that the uh, Denver Broncos have.
6: James, where are the Broncos offensively? And I guess uh, Bridgewater, it it almost seems like he's the aging veteran now, which I know he's really not. He's not an old guy. But how important is he to it? How does he fit? Can he be the long-term guy? And I guess just where are they offensively?
9: Well, the reason he won this job is is kind of that veteran leadership that he has. Because you go out and look at the skill positions that they have around Teddy Bridgewater, and it is a really, really young group. I mean, they're all first and second round picks, which is crazy. You know, the tight ends, all the receivers, the backs, you know, they're all – highly drafted but they're all really young outside of melvin gordon so what they really do like is that he is that presence that calming that leadership side of things to where he runs the show with a lot of youthful talent around him what you saw in the first game i wasn't surprised by because i spent a lot of days with him during training camp now the chemistry he had with jerry judy stood out throughout camp and you saw it in the opener now he's not going to be with him but the difference with this receiving core is they're really deep like tim patrick might be the best number four receiver in football when they lost Cortland sutton last year tim patrick was that big body guy that stepped in for him and didn't have a drop so then you still have the speedster kj Hamler. you still have sutton which looked for him to get more attention and coming off an acl himself he played about 80 percent of the snaps in the opener against the giants that's big and then you saw them go to the tight ends they have both of them I think the way Teddy runs this is he has so many options with the football, as long as he's smart and sees things pre-snap, he's going to go to the place where he's going to have the greatest opportunity for success and the least opportunity to turn the football over. That's what they want him to do with the lack of, you know, you know, playmaking ability sometimes he has, but you saw him go downfield. KJ Hamler dropped a surefire touchdown uh, on a deep ball that he threw brilliantly. So, They showed that he will take probably more shots than some people think, but protecting the football is the name of the game for Teddy Bridgewater, and I think he'll do it throughout this year with all the options he has to throw the football to.
0: Jags drive time here is Monday, Wednesday, and Thursdays at 10 a.m. on Jaguars.com and Jags social media. A way to stay in the game early, fix the pre-snap penalties. NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks joins John Ozier and me each Wednesday on Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks, and this week, how to go about taking care of those issues in practice. Ten penalties last week, Bucky, some substitution issues. How do you fix that in a practice week, or is it deeper than that?
8: I mean, I think it's a few different things that you talk about. You talk about it all the time, and I'm sure it's one of those things that Urban has talked about from the day that he's taken the job when he stands in front of the team. He has to outline how to win, and I think that's one thing that we can't underestimate. The guys on this team playing together have not won a lot, so – We can't assume that you can skip steps and guys will know how to win. So when it comes to penalties, false starts, encroachments, little things that you can control, always harping on those details. When it comes to winning the turnover battle, taking it away and not giving the ball up, making sure everyone understands how precious the ball is when you have it in your possession, Uh, understanding that you can't allow the explosive plays to happen on defense. The ball can't go over the top of the defense or outside the perimeter. And so it's the daily commitment to making sure that you talk to the team about how to win games. And so, look, he's talked about it being a rebuild. It is a rebuild while also being a learning project. He has to teach a lot of Young players how to win in this league, and he has to do it without really being familiar with the league.
6: I have a question for the scout. go ahead John or yes. or, or, or in this case the coach who who must be an incredibly you know all I see are Bucky Brooks, you know on the head of this show he, he he's the coach, he's the scout. This is the most versatile guy I've ever been around, Bucky Brooks. so <laughs> here is what I want to know from you. you're a coach, you coach kids, you've been coached. I get questions every day in the Ozone, every time there's penalties. How do you work on it? Bucky, specifically in practice, is there a way to work on it, or is this just something guys have to mentally take to the field with them? How do you coach it? Because that's the question I get a million times, and obviously by these biceps, I did not play in the league.
8: Uh, I think the one thing that uh, we've seen around the league where people try and work on is they have officials out every day at practice. They have officials throwing flags, talking to the players, letting them know, hey, you were grabbing out here on the perimeter at corner. That would be a penalty in the league. Hey, you're all sides back up. And so you have referees on the field guiding the players through so they kind of understand what's going on. Now, most coaches would tell you they don't like doing punitive things for penalties and those things. But sometimes you had to add some Uh, incentives for guys to do it right. So we've seen teams at other places where they have guys run laps or go touch the goalposts and come back and little things. But it has to be a consistent message when it comes comes to playing the game the right way. And so I'm sure Urban and his staff are talking about those things each and every day um, to the players.
0: What, wasn't Joe Judge one of those coaches that did that like last year? Uh, Bucky yeah. made him run a bunch of laps and stuff in the Giants. Oh, uh, I mean,
8: like, look, that's a that's an old Nick Saban trick. There are a lot of coaches that believe, hey, go, give me a lap. You jump <laughs> off sides. you do something that is um, not positive when it comes to helping us win games. You have to you have to do something up downs and all this other stuff. I mean, there are you of know, them. I think Greg Williams they they do up downs for anything and everything that is off. And so some of those things works. I think the the, the best thing to alleviate all of that, when you have good players, you tend to play better. So the players just have to improve to get to a level where they can play winning football.
0: Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks airs Wednesdays at 4.30 on Jaguars.com and Jags social media. Now to the Urban Meyer Show from this week. The head coach discussed Teddy Bridgewater, home field advantage at the bank, and the Broncos defense. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, you know, he was in the 2011 recruiting class. Uh, coming out of the Miami area, he had been uh, rec- actually had committed to Miami, and then Charlie Strong got him to come <laughs> to Louisville after Randy Shannon was gone at the U down there. I know you were at, at ESPN in 2011, but uh, what are your what is your recollection of time with Teddy Bridgewater, maybe in the recruiting process?
5: Yeah, I did get involved with that one, but I know Charlie. Uh, he he did a great job for Coach Strong at Louisville, and and uh, wonderful guy. I, I know enough about him. Uh, man, he's a, a pro's pro. You know, we, we saw his name out there and, and uh, a guy that could compliment Trevor, too. We looked at him and, and I just have great respect for him as a player.
10: Coach, this week, uh, trying to bounce back from a loss, is there anything better than doing that at home? Here you be able to come back and be a little bit amongst the confines of some fans that will certainly help you along the way?
5: Yeah, doggone it. I want this place to, you know, that's just a dream of, you know, we have a, a great owner, we have a great city. We got to develop as a, to be a, become a great team because these fans deserve it. And we want them to be out here, and you know, I made a comment early in that you know we have a reputation of giving away or selling tickets or something like that. I just, you know, I just have an you know, incredible dream of what this stadium. I want this thing to look like, and so it starts this week. So I'd love to see everybody come out, and uh, as important as that is, or more important, we play well.
10: And the Denver Broncos come to town last week. They went on the road and beat the New York Giants. Good football team, and one thing that they're certainly known for, Vic Fangio, their head coach, is a defensive-minded guy, and he's got a couple really good football players on that defensive side of the ball.
5: Oh, they're pass rushers. Uh, You know, Von Miller is obviously one of the legendary pass rushers. Like, he's been around forever. And uh, my first experience against him, I know of him. And um, he's electric fast. He changes up his rush on you. And you have to be aware, you know, he lines up to our right side. And then uh, Chubb, if he plays, is another – Didn't play last week, but he's another pass rusher, so they've done a good job loading that uh, team up with good players. Very big inside and strong inside, so uh, very well-coached defensive team.
0: And finally, a final thought with you, Coach, you know, just just getting back on track. Week number two, it, it was one of 17 last week. You can turn the page on this Tuesday and, and look forward to, to week number two, and that's the beauty of the NFL, a, a 24-hour rule. Do you live by that 24-hour rule?
5: Yeah, I wish I could, man, but <laughs> I, you know, I never – you know, that's – there's there's poster children for a way to do things and how not to do them and how I take a loss. But the best thing today, and I told the best 15 minutes of my day, and I do it about every hour, is I go walk down the train room and locker room and, and weight room and just talk to players. And uh, that that's what this whole thing's all about. It's always been that way for me. So go down and talk to them, and we all got to do better. And we are committed to do that.
10: I'm with you. I don't know how in the world anybody ever lived by a true 24-hour rule. I mean, heck, when you work so hard and all of a sudden it comes down to three hours, how can it not affect you beyond
0: 24 hours?
5: My problem is i got to get over the three-month rule or something like that. i got (laughs) to get over the darn
0: thing. (laughs) No doubt. Coach, appreciate your time. Good luck to you this week. We'll talk to you a little bit later. Thank you. A new day moving ahead for the Urban Meyer Show. It now airs Tuesday afternoons at 5 o'clock on the Jaguars Radio Network. Remember to subscribe to the official Jaguars podcast network on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your pods and leave us that five-star rating and enjoy the game this Sunday. Thank you for listening. I'm JP Shadrick. We'll catch you next week on the Jaguars broadcast week in review podcast presented by TIAA Bank.